everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. It's James Rudd here, the digital media editor and podcast host at Heart. Today we are talking all about the importance of the etiology of heart failure on prognosis and how this interacts with ejection fraction. And I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Gerhard Perzel from Innsbruck in Austria, who talks all about his recent paper on this subject. I hope you enjoy the show. Perhaps I can ask you to start off by introducing yourself for the Heart Podcast um, audience. Um, who are you? Where do you work? And what do you do there? Yeah, now first of all, let me thank you for this kind invitation to this podcast. Uh, uh, my name is uh, Gerhard Bölzl. I'm a professor of cardiology at the Medical University in Innsbruck. Uh, and I'm the director of the Heart Failure and Heart Transplant Program and uh, also of the program for uh, rare cardiac uh, diseases uh, here in Innsbruck. And I wanted to to ask you onto the podcast to talk about a piece of original research that you've published in Heart, uh, which is called Etiology, Ejection Fraction and Mortality in Chronic Heart Failure, a Mediation Analysis, which was uh, something I wasn't completely familiar with. So I wanted you to come on and explain all about it to me. But maybe you can... Uh, Give us some background to your study, please. What was the uh, driving force for, for doing this piece of work? Now, first of all, the prevalence of uh, heart failure is pretty high. It's, it's um, uh, one to four, three percent uh, uh, on average. And uh, uh, that means that worldwide, some 60 million patients are affected by this uh, disease. And the meanwhile, Heart failure is the most common diagnosis among uh, hospitalized patients older than 65 years of age. Um, the risk stratification and management decisions in heart failure actually are mostly based on left ventricular ejection fraction. However, ejection fraction-based uh, taxonomy and uh, its implications uh, as uh, distinct disease entities that are widely regarded as unrelated syndromes are increasingly criticized and the criticism uh, relates to the limitations with exact measurements of ejection fraction and also to the magnitude of risk factors and disease modifiers that can significantly influence disease trajectory. And in addition, various therapies uh, for specific etiologies such as cardiac amyloidosis and uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy have become available in recent years, which makes precise ideologic assignment uh, imperative, actually. And so what were the research uh, questions you were trying to answer in this study? What were you hypothesizing? Um, actually, the overall aim of our study was uh, to demonstrate the importance of uh, ideology for the uh, course of heart failure, uh, independently of ejection fraction. In this study, we investigated the causal relations between ideology, ejection fraction, and um, overall mortality, and how the effect sizes compare with each other. Uh, we hypothesized uh, that ejection fraction is on the causal pathway between ideology and mortality. Uh, by using mediation analysis that you already mentioned, it is possible to decompose the total, which is the overall effect, uh, causal effect of ideology into two components, namely the indirect effect that can be explained by ejection fraction and the direct effect uh, of uh, ideology that operates independently of ejection fraction. 
Okay, and you attempted to answer this question by performing what kind of uh, study, Professor? What did you What did you do to to get at those questions? Well, uh, basically, our study was based on some two thousand patients with chronic heart failure that were treated at the University of Innsbruck between 2000 and 2019. The mean age of these patients uh, at diagnosis uh, was uh, uh, 57 years, and two-thirds of the patients were male. All patients uh, underwent a comprehensive uh, ideologic uh, diagnostic workup in patients with ischemic and hypertensive heart disease, dilated uh, and hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and cardiac uh, amyloidosis uh, were at the end considered for the study. And the five-year overall mortality in this relatively stable cohort was uh, 25%. Okay, and so the, the patients were about 2,000, you say, in, in total, something like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. And what would the, um, maybe give us the, uh, the sort of breakdown of the different diagnoses or etiology uh, in your... 2000 patient group. Um, I see here about half of them had dilated cardiomyopathy. Correctly. Also, so we considered ischemic and uh, hypertensive heart disease. Yeah. Uh, and uh, dilated and hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and also cardiac amyloidosis. Uh, the, uh, these were five uh, completely different entities. Entities. Okay, perfect. And they were all completely worked up at the beginning of entry into the study and then uh, followed up for several years. And can you talk about the the statistical methods that you used to to do the mediation analysis? Because I think this mm-hmm. may be new to to some of the listeners. Mm-hmm. As already mentioned, uh, our hypothesis was that uh, ejection fraction lies on the causal pathway between etiology and mortality, and uh, can therefore be considered as a mediator of the effect of etiology. In simple terms. Mediation analysis makes it possible to decompose the, the, the total, the overall effect of ideology into two components. Um, the indirect effect that can be explained uh, via ejection fraction and uh, the direct effect, uh, which uh, is uh, affected by ideology and uh, the independently of ejection fraction. Uh, and the mediation analysis at the end uh, estimates the total, the direct and the indirect effects. And from this, the proportion of the indirect effect um, mediated by ejection fraction can then be calculated. So uh, it's possible with this kind of uh, statistical uh, test uh, to decompose the different uh, effect sizes of uh, the various components that uh, actually influence or um cause then mortality. Perfect. And what were your main findings, Professor, at the end of the study? The first finding was that we showed that ideology significantly affects ejection fraction. Ejection fraction, for example, was higher in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and in cardiac amyloidosis compared with all other ideologies. But that's not new. The second was that there was a clear association between ejection fraction and overall mortality, which did not differ uh, significantly between ideologies. Uh, that means that the reduction of ejection fraction, for example, from 50% to, let's say, 30%, is associated with a similar increase in mortality uh, across all ideologies. And the third, and this was actually the main finding, was 
that the etiology was strongly associated with overall mortality, independent of ejection fraction. At one end of the spectrum, the five-year uh, mortality for cardiac amyloidosis was approximately 60%, whereas on the other end, uh, it was only 15% for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Now, the fact that the etiology affects ejection fraction and ejection fraction affects mortality indicates mediation of the total effect of etiology on mortality through ejection fraction. And most importantly, our data showed that the proportion of the effect of etiology on mortality that was mediated indirectly through ejection fraction was generally relative modest. Ejection fractions uh, contributed to a small but uh, statistically significant extent to the better survival in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy when compared with all other uh, ideologies and inversely to worse survival in ischemic heart disease. Um, in cardiac amyloidosis, however, the indirect effect of etiology was mitigated by a positive indirect effect of ejection fraction. And this is uh, uh, true uh, or due to the fact that uh, ejection fraction on average was very high in cardiac amyloidosis. Uh, but uh, it is important to understand uh, uh, that the concept of mediation analysis and that of direct and total and indirect effect applies to the population level and not to the individual level. Uh, that means that in an individual case, an ejection fraction as low as 30%, for example, um, is as just an, uh, unfavorable in cardiac amyloidosis as it is in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or any other etiology. So a low ejection fraction is not good. Uh, yeah. It is not good in any etiology, but Etiology per se is much more relevant for the prognosis of the patient as the ejection fraction. Yeah, which I think is something that I hadn't completely realized um, as a as a cardiologist. I you know I go by the guidelines, and as you said at the beginning, mostly they focus on ejection fraction, right? You know, for deciding things like ICD implantation and therapies and escalation of therapies and transplantation, etc. Yeah. So, what would you say are the main conclusions? from your work and maybe lessons that people can take away? Now, I guess uh, based on our study, uh, the, the direct effect uh, of uh, etiology on overall mortality uh, is in general much larger, as I said, than the indirect effect uh, mediated through ejection fraction. That means that the majority of the effect of etiology on mortality is operating independently uh, of, from ejection fraction. So clarification of ideology, and that's actually the main message, is therefore essential and, and crucial uh, uh, in risk stratification and uh, clinical decision-making in patients with, uh, with heart failure. So we must make a, a, a very significant uh, attempt to find out the cause of the heart failure rather than just exactly yeah, exactly both think that things are important but uh, um, uh, so far we uh, didn't put a lot of uh, effort to come to the exact uh, cause and uh, ideology of the underlying heart disease and what are the limitations of the work and what are the maybe the things you want to do next uh, with this with this kind of work are you planning larger studies or 
looking at smaller subgroups of patients with different kinds of heart failure not represented here or uh, actually, our next step will be to clarify the effects, the additional effects of the of the clinic, uh, which is uh, the uh, the clinical limitation of uh, the patients, uh, as expressed, uh, for example, by the NH uh, and uh, newer class, also the NYHA class, yeah, NYHA. Thank you very much, <laughs> NYHA class. And the other thing is uh, that we're gonna try to um, somehow decipher the um, the independent effect of uh, anti-proPMP because uh, a lot of uh, decisions are made uh, make, made uh, based on on anti-proPMP, and I guess ideology uh, still may be much more uh, informative and relevant uh, for decision making than uh, anti-proPMP. Interesting. Uh, which does not mean that anti-proPMP is not um, uh, important and necessary. But uh, um, first, you have to know the ideology, and then you can actually better estimate what uh, the meaning of the number of uh, the individual anti-proPMP score means. Yeah, so you can better interpret the results from that individual patient if you know the cause of the heart failure. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, Professor. It's been uh, an education for me, and I'll, I will make the the paper open access so everybody can can read it for a few weeks after the podcast comes out. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you so much for your time today. I thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you.